Hey, everybody. This is Overtime. I'm Dan Cederholm, the host, and this is episode 27, uh, a very special episode. This is the end of our what we're calling season two, uh, and we're going to start up fresh after the, after the new year in, in 2018. Today's guest is Ryan Hamrick, and he's an independent letter, letterer and designer in Austin, Texas. And it was great talking with Ryan. He's got a really interesting story, having only gotten into design and lettering in 2011. And he's quickly made quite a name for himself and uh, has worked with all sorts of uh, large clients and, and has really become a force in the, in the hand lettering space. Um, it was great to talk to him about his path and uh, what he's doing now and starting up uh, new projects and helping other letterers. He's a great guy and, and it was uh, really fun to talk with Ryan. We also want to hear from you about how we're doing over here. So it would be great. We have a link um, in the show notes for a survey uh, that we'd love you to take to answer some questions about overtime and uh, what you want to hear from us, what you've liked, what you've disliked, all that kind of stuff. It'd be great to uh, to hear from you. So please go to the show notes and uh, click on the link for the survey and uh, take that. We'd really appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Wix.com. With Wix, the web is your playground. Start with a blank slate and design your website in any layout you want. Work with advanced features like retina-ready image galleries, custom font sets, and sophisticated design effects. Each feature is intuitive to use, so you're in control from design to live. With Wix, you'll have real creative freedom to tell your story online exactly the way you've envisioned it. Push the limits of design and start creating beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours. Go to Wix.com slash Dribble to get started today. That's W-I-X dot com slash Dribble. Wix, what will you create? So very uh, special thanks to Wix for sponsoring this episode. And now let's get on to our chat with Ryan Hamlet. Welcome to Overtime, Ryan Hamrick. Hey, thanks, Dan. Yeah, thanks for being here. Been wanting to talk to you for a long time because you've been a super active Dribble member over the years and uh, always been astonished by your your lettering work. And uh, so it's really it's really awesome to have you on today to talk about it all. Man, I I couldn't uh, think of a better a better honor than to to be involved in anything with dribble and it's always been something that's kind of been part of the backbone of my design career and stuff and everything so yeah wow more than happy to be here for sure oh wow that's awesome to hear that that's super great um yeah we'll we'll definitely get into that because i want to i want to definitely touch on that um because it makes us look good yeah for sure uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's not the only reason i wanted to talk to you i promise um but that's that's great to hear. That's super awesome. You know, I mean, because so, uh, you know, your lettering is incredible. Uh, the way I think you, the way you share it on Dribble is is really uh, is really awesome. And oftentimes you're showing you know some process and sketches. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna jump right in. Like I pulled a bunch of stuff to talk about out, of, and uh, I just kind of want to jump into it because there's a lot to get to. Um, so I mean, right now you're working on. Um, a cool project, and I'm going to miss is constitutional cartouches, right? You got it. That's it. Is that? Did I pronounce it right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the way I pronounce it. At least, maybe we're both wrong, but as far as I'm well, concerned, you're right. <laughs> I think we're. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna say we're right about I, pretty much everything today. I think so. Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, if I remember correctly, I think in a in a Doyle Young. Um, documentary once i think he pronounced it in that video as well and that's the way he said it so oh, I'm, sticking with, I'm sticking with the master so that's good. absolutely all right it's safe to say that's right then. um <laughs> constitutional cartouches which is really cool so i'm looking at this shot we the people sketch and you know we the people of the united states and it has this beautifully ornate style to it right and um I just, yeah, I wanted to hear about from you, like, well, A, the project, but also, mm-hmm. like, it'd be cool to talk about how you created it and stuff because, yeah. you know, you see a pencil sitting next to it and I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by, <laughs> like, the process, like, how, and I've also seen videos or even GIFs of you 
actually lettering something. And it's, it's like you're just, you take a piece of paper and you take a, a brush or whatever. And two seconds later, you have this beautiful thing. So I'm like, how do, how do you do yeah, that? That's, that's the way it works every single time too. I mean, it's uh it's usually one shot and no, <laughs> um, yeah, it's usually <laughs> a lot harder than it, than it looks. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, and anybody who's taking the time to get good at anything will, will obviously say that, but, um, but no, yeah, it's usually not near as, as quick and glamorous as I make it look maybe sometimes. So, uh, but no, yeah, this, uh, this style, this cartouche lettering style is something that, um, I first came across when I was just kind of getting into design. Um, and it was what really kind of drew me into lettering. I'd not really, it, it just never really had registered with me before. Right. Like I was not, one of those people who has always been infatuated with like custom painted signage and like typography here and there and whatever, like it just kind of didn't even hit my radar really, if I'm being honest, but there was something about this place I was at in my life at the time when I was kind of trying to figure out things with design and I was doing a lot of UI stuff and that was going okay. But you know, I was kind of feeling like I was playing a lot of catch up and stuff and, and at some point, and, you know, it was on Dribble at the time where I was like, you know, trying to ask questions to people and, and figure out what the, the cool things to do <laughs> with visual design and stuff that I came across some of this lettering that people were doing. And it was things like this, this style, this um, this kind of self-contained, uh, you know, design style where the lettering itself and it's, you know, it's flourishes and swashes and stuff kind of make up uh, an overall like containing shape. Yeah. Um, it yeah. just really appealed to me because, you know, I've in everything that I'd done to that point, you know, it was like, okay, I can kind of illustrate a little bit, but I'm not like super great at that. Um, I'm less interested in that. Uh, and this is like a way that, you know, if I'm focusing on lettering, then I can kind of create, a standalone piece like this. Like if I'm doing a poster or a t-shirt or something like that, I don't need a lot of supporting stuff because this is like taking care of everything. Right. So it was kind of like a, you know, obviously a natural um, aesthetic to it that, that is inviting and, and, you know, really, really cool. But then also, you know, just kind of like a unwillingness to (laughs) advance any of the other skills and just kind of focus on the part that I liked most, a little bit of a selfish thing. Um, and you know, that was some of the work like from people like Doyle Young and, and so on that, uh, that really kind of got me into it in the first place. So it's something that I always like to come back to and, and really practice and try and hone for sure. Wow. And that's, that's amazing. So, and this particular project you're, you're taking, um, you know, excerpts from the constitution, right. And, 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 Mm -hmm. and, and creating the cartouches from, from that, which is, which is super cool. How did you, um. You said you were doing a lot of UI work, and you 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 weren't doing lettering previously, and then and then you you know this spoke to you, and you decided to go for it. How did how did you how do you get started with this style, or or was it just sort of like you just dove in and started started doing it? <laughs> yeah, I mean that was um, that was a lot of it. It was really weird. Um, my background before design was actually in uh, wireless retail. <laughs> I was managing a bunch of cell phone stores for years and years. Um, And then when we relocated to Pittsburgh like eight years ago or so, I guess now um, we, you know, I left the job I was at currently and was taking my time to find something else, but we moved there for my wife's job and, and her, her situation was good enough to where I could kind of take some time and find the right thing and whatever. And I just kind of never did. Uh, <laughs> so I started doing some freelance writing and stuff for some for some tech news sites and stuff. And I knew that industry well. So I was, you know, I could write well enough to be on a site, I guess. So the, I was doing that for a little while. And um, that kind of segued into doing some app design and stuff. I'd been reviewing them for a while and decided that there needed to be a few better ones out there. And that kind of gave me the the design bug and got me started on that. Um, and then, yeah, I was really focused on that stuff at first, you know, I was, was trying to catch up on responsive web design at the time. It was kind of just really hitting big with Ethan's uh, book that came out and I was trying to learn all that while simultaneously learning the basics of HTML and CSS and just kind of giving myself that Google education, you know? Um, and you know, it was through 
connecting with people on, on dribble and stuff early on, because we were in Pittsburgh. We didn't have any friends or family there. Um, I was coming from completely different industries, so I didn't have any friends or contacts in the design world at all. Um, and so dribble was where I really kind of found some people and was able to kind of network a little bit and and get to know some things and really learn on there too, uh, outside of my, you know, basic (laughs) rudimentary Google research or whatever. But, um, and then, you know, that's kind of where I, I found some early lettering inspiration too, like from people like, um, Simon Olander, um, you know, Sergei Shapiro from Russia was, was a big, you know, standout mm, for yes. me, of course, yep. always, always showing up in my feed and stuff. So, yeah. um, and you know, I just really just decided to, you know, just try my hand at it thinking, you know, well, this looks really cool. If I could pull that off, that would be great. <laughs> um, that would be a really fun thing to do. And maybe this is something that I can try and set myself apart a little bit more. Right. Cause like with the UI stuff and web design, I, it seems so far off to where I would ever, you know, get to a point where I could really do something profound at all or do anything like above <laughs> average even, you know, I guess it, it just felt like everything was changing so fast. Um, and that maybe this was somewhere. Yeah, still, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, totally. um, you know, and this just seemed like something that maybe if I could get good at it, then, you know, maybe I could have a little bit more freedom to try some different things and be a little bit more, original with it and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as how does, how I started, it was just, you know, kind of seeing some of that initial inspiration and just, um, you know, thinking to myself, well, I know, I know cursive, uh, <laughs> I can, can <laughs> probably do this. And, uh, you know, it turns out it's a lot more than that. Um, and <laughs> it was really rough at first. And, you know, if you scroll back through my dribble account, especially since we're, we're talking about dribble, I mean, you know, it's all there. I left everything there. I've never removed mm-hmm. any pieces and it's bad. I mean, it's like kind of like there is a, uh, an ode to dedication and progress. Because, Like I tell people all the time, you know, this isn't something that I just was like, Oh wow. I have a real natural knack for this thing. It, not even close. Like it was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but you know, I, the, the other thing that I found out right away though, was that it was just so fun and super rewarding and challenging. And it was, um, it was something that no matter how much I practiced at it, unlike some of the other things I was trying, I didn't get tired of it at all. And it was like, you know, okay, mm, maybe I'll get yeah. good at this. Maybe I won't, but I'm having fun doing it. So let's stick with it for a little while and try it. And, um, you know, it was a lot of researching books, studying fonts and things like that. And then a hell of a lot of trial and error basically. For wow. me. Yeah. So, so really, Completely self-taught then. From the, yeah, yeah, and so, um, wow. it's it helps now nowadays. You know, there's a lot of things like you know, you got Skillshares and you got um, yeah, you know, yeah. prominent lettering people doing like you know, extensive courses and stuff online and and everything. And you got um, you know, good courses happening, uh, more focused on, on the coasts, I guess, in New York, uh, San Francisco, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, you know, when I was starting out with this stuff about six, seven years ago, it was, um, it was not much of that out there, you know, and there was nothing on Google like it was for the web design stuff I was trying to teach myself. So it was, um, it was just kind of figuring out how to even know what you needed to know, you know, and kind of going backwards from there to, to figure out where to find it. So, uh, it's tough. Yeah. You're in, and it's interesting because lettering and hand lettering and, and generally, uh, it has definitely exploded, I think, over right. over the last few years, right? Um, yeah. So you're right in that when when you were starting this, there was there was far less resources out there to to, mm-hmm. to dive into, right? Um, Absolutely, yeah. And I well, so I also I'm just scrolling down through your dribble profile, and I and I don't see anything that's that's. <laughs> I can't remember what you said. How you characterize your far enough? <laughs> no, no, no. I went to the bottom, man. I went to the bottom, and this is impressive <laughs> stuff. And it's actually really cool to see. You know, over time, you just kept getting better and better and better, and 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 now, you know, it's 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 pretty pretty impressive. How did you um? How did, do you have like a? Did you take calligraphy at all when you were younger? Or um, no, I, mean, I did learn cursive, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You're, like I don't, I learned cursive too. Like everybody did back back then. Mm-hmm. Now I don't. I don't know if they even. I mean, my kids don't write in cursive, and they. Right. I think they only took like a little bit of it. It wasn't like 
the way that they they write in school all the time but yeah no and um yeah that was the same for me when i was um you know when i was in high school i was learning it and it was it's funny because i absolutely hated it i thought it was <laughs> yeah, i thought it, it was the dumbest you. thing that <laughs> I ever heard of that we would have to do that. Like, uh, I think even for a, a couple of years and like sophomore, junior year or something in high school, I defiantly wrote in all caps, uh, just because yeah, I wanted that's to what I make a too. statement. <laughs> and I still do to this day. Right. Yeah. And when I'm writing, I do too. Yep. And, um, oh, you do? It's, okay. yeah, it's so funny. Like I, people are like, I'd love to see you write out a check or something. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> well, that's funny. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Like, like yeah. if you're just writing no, if you're taking notes or something, is it mm-hmm. like this beautiful ornamental cursive? Or, not at all. Like, I don't even have good looking all caps lettering, like letter when I'm writing. Um, if I took a long time, you know, sure. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean, if I'm writing, it's, it's going to be, it's pretty rough actually. Yeah. So funny, but no, I mean, yeah. And now, you know, now I make a living writing in cursive and, um, and my kids. So, uh, when we were in Pittsburgh, my son did second grade in Pittsburgh and his school that he went to there, um, did teach it. Um, it wasn't extensive, but they did have, uh, you know, a prolonged period of, uh, of weeks there where they, you know, learned all the letters and everything. Um, my daughter, on the other hand, did second grade. Uh, well, no. So I think it's third grade typically that they learn it actually. Um, so third was yep. in Pittsburgh for him. Third was just last year for my daughter in Texas. And, um, and they don't teach it. Um, but at the very end of the school year, they did like pass out some packets and stuff and they worked on it for a couple of days. Um, so that was more than a lot of schools are doing, I think still. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most yep. part, nobody is teaching it anymore. And it's one of those things where, you know, you understand why, like nobody is totally blind to the fact that, okay, like everybody's entering everything they write on a device of some kind or, right. you know, whatever. It's just, uh, it's definitely far less useful in everyday life of everyday people people right mm-hmm. um but Definitely. you know i don't think anybody on the other hand is starkly opposed to it being taught either <laughs> you know it's like no, unless you're no. like an administrator of a school and you're under pressure to teach to the standardized tests and all that crap yeah, uh yeah. you know right. i think that that's you know and they are, they do pack in everything that they teach now which is crazy so i understand that aspect too but you know if even just from a purely selfish perspective perspective um you know if people aren't learning to write in cursive anymore then they can't really read it either and that means they can't read my work and that's not good for me um (laughs) so you know it's just i mean things like that but i mean also you know you can just be so much more expressive with cursive writing um there's there's a, a speed aspect to it of course too and you know it's just there's just so much to it that's um it feels like it's being lost if that's not being taught anymore it's um, not being taught right exactly right. my and son has a, terrible terrible handwriting um terrible. <laughs> my nine-year-old daughter is like years ahead of him on that but when he learned cursive it was it was crazy but he actually wrote really well in cursive he oh. doesn't enjoy it either so he doesn't but um oh, right <laughs> when he was required to he did really good with it so well, uh you know to, it's like great <laughs> Right. <laughs> that was funny. And, but, yeah. and so you have you have a there's a shot called Cursive Matters that mm-hmm. I pulled out too, and and uh, I mean it's just beautiful lettering, and for, so that for that reason alone. But but you, you actually mentioned this in terms of the you know, public education mm-hmm. system, you know, not not thinking about it as much or not not uh, teaching as much. Um, so that's that's interesting. So it's that's been on your mind for for a while then. It has, yeah. Um, last year. Uh, I said my daughter was kind of briefly learning it right at the end of the year. Um, earlier in the school year, they did a, a career day thing and I came in and, and talked about uh, my job and everything. And I couldn't see what the other parents were, were saying or how they were being reacted to, but I'm pretty sure I was the favorite career there, which was pretty cool. Um, I got to play <laughs> some fun videos <laughs> of me making lettering with M&Ms and, and shit like that. And the kids thought that was pretty damn cool. But um, nice. so after that, though, uh, my daughter's teacher had asked me to come in and do like a little mini lettering workshop in her classroom and stuff. And so we kind of 
talked about cursive and, and looked at that and they had just been looking at, at these packets and practicing those, those letters and stuff. So um, we ended up doing like some fun monograms with their initials and stuff and talking mm. about letters and, and the kids were like, so, so into it. I've never seen that many nine year olds engaged in something in my life. Um, and, and it was really cool because, you know, you think these guys haven't been forced to, to use this. They haven't been presented, presented it to them as like a chore that they have to, you know, learn like anything else in school. It was like a purely fun thing. And because it wasn't something they've been, you know, nobody's been harping on it about harping on, what am I trying to say? <laughs> harping on it yeah. to them, I guess. Oh, whatever. Um, yeah. you know, they were like super into it. They were like, you know, this is total fun for me. And, um, you know, amazing questions and <laughs> it was really, really cool. So the, the interest I feel like is still, still out there and people are, are still totally into it. And, you know, I think that I've got a few ideas, but, um, there's, if one of my main goals in, in doing this and, and, for the future is to in some way kind of take that into my own hands. If the schools are going to keep slowly, but surely abandoning this to um, just kind of keep it alive among people in general, but you know, um, there's no better time to learn anything than when you're a kid. So um, some kind of, some kind of supplemental school program or something. So, um, you know, I've had several ideas over the years for how to do that. And that's kind of where that, particular post came from. That's what I was thinking of a lot at the time, but um, yeah. yeah, I do think it's very important. And um, you know, if nothing else, I want people to be able to grow up and appreciate my work. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned like even just being able to read it, right? right, which, is right. The learning of it which is, which is really important too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of uh, written stuff that's, that's in cursive uh, historically and, and going forward. So right. That's that's cool, man. I so and you you mentioned you know that's interesting. You gone into school and um, showed some kids this stuff and and in teaching and that seems to be a theme with you as well in terms of sharing your sharing your knowledge about this stuff. And mm-hmm. you did uh, this past summer curves ahead a, a tour called Curves Ahead, yeah, right? where you started um, in Austin and then and kind of went around the country. Tell us about that because this is like super interesting. Uh, not to mention that all the visuals that go along with it are, are awesome because you <laughs> you designed them. But um, but yeah, what what was the um, inspiration there and, and uh, how'd it go? Sure. Well, so I've been wanting to um, start teaching for for a while and doing workshops and stuff, and um, you know the the traditional school system, you know for higher education and stuff is usually pretty much out of the the question because I don't have uh, even a bachelor's degree. <laughs> I have an associates in business management uh, or no business and marketing, I guess. Um, so, you know, nobody has really wanted to put me on a faculty anywhere or anything like that, but you know, anybody can teach a workshop, but um, you know, even that being the case, I wanted to kind of wait until I felt like I was really ready for that and stuff. But, it's something I've definitely been thinking of for, for a few years. Um, I'm just very good at convincing myself that I am too busy for things. <laughs> so, you know, I, yeah, yeah. it was just a matter of actually like setting aside the time from, from client work and stuff to put something together. Um, and so, you know, I've been planning and thinking about curriculum and, and or curricula maybe uh, for, for a long uh-huh. time. And when summer came, started coming around this year, uh, we usually put the kids, uh, in summer camps at the local community center and stuff. They love that. Um, going on all kinds of field trips and stuff, but you know, it costs a lot of money. Um, and this past year, um, my wife also started working from home full time for herself. And, and so this was the first full summer where that was the case. And we were thinking like, okay, do we, do we do the summer camp thing again? Like, do we, what do we think about doing for vacations this year or if, if anything? Um, and I had kind of mentioned to my wife, like at the end of last year, like, I think I want to set up like a, a workshop tour or something for next year and just kind of like create it as a, as an idea, as a, as an entity, as a thing that's going to happen and just kind of reach out to, to local AIGA chapters and stuff like that and just see who's interested in, in bringing it there and, uh, you know, set up like a tour schedule or whatever. And she was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. 
And so that was kind of like just this thing I threw out there at random. <laughs> and then I didn't ever bring it up again for, for several months. And then like when summer started kind of rolling around, um, she was like, well, instead of summer camp, why don't we like pack everything up and like go tour the country and do like workshops and stuff. And wow. she also yeah. runs a, a clothing boutique out of our house. And so um, we were like, we could do the lettering workshops. We could do pop-up sales in people's houses and stuff with the clothes. And, and I was just like, yes, like, this is like the perfect thing. Let me uh, stop everything I'm doing and, and put this together. I, it gives me an opportunity to design a new website and the branding and everything else. So that's always fun. Um, and yeah, so we took this crazy idea. We looked at the calendar for the summer. When do the kids go back to school? What do we have going on before that, that we need to be here for? And there wasn't a whole lot. And, um, we had a nice little window from like July to, to mid August that we could stand to be away. And we just planned this thing out. We, We looked at drive times and stuff between cities and we looked at, uh, what cities do we definitely want to go to? We've got family in like the St. Louis area in Northeast Indiana. Um, we moved from Pittsburgh a few years ago. So we have a lot of friends and, and, and stuff there now. Um, and so we, we knew the places we wanted to go and we kind of filled in a few others and, and we figured out like the time frame where it could work. And it was very much the time frame. <laughs> there was really not a whole lot of <laughs> options there. Um, and then, you know, we kind of figured out when exactly we would be in each, each city. And then it was just kind of like, okay, uh, the LA workshop has to happen on July 12th, uh, you know, from six to 10 PM, um, who can make it happen? And <laughs> just like basically <laughs> literally had to say, that approach to, to people when I was reaching out, like, this is exactly what I need. Um, can we do this? And, um, in some, some cities it worked out amazing and we had huge turnouts. Other ones were a little smaller, a little more intimate and, but those were fun too. Um, and it was really like a, uh, very interesting and also stressful experience, but like, you know, you kind of figure out, how the design communities work in these different cities, you know, how connected they are, how easy they are to tap mm. into and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was crazy. Chicago, we had like 48 people there and in LA of all places, we had five. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, so right, right. kind of doesn't even like add up with what you, what you might think naturally. Right. And, um, but it was just a matter of like how, how well you could connect the dots there. And, um, and that was, wildly challenging and you know you have a totally new respect for like tour managers for bands and stuff <laughs> because <laughs> that, you know it's just right. so that, much work. work they probably have a teams that do this stuff and i was kind of doing it all myself and that was it was a nightmare yeah. but um but yeah i mean surprisingly uneventful trip it worked out really well um and then you know of course the workshops were great too um i kind of skipped over a lot of that and talking about like how <laughs> how it came about. But, um, so we went to like 15 cities on this tour. We were, uh, gone for 40 days and yeah, gone from home for 40 days. And we were, I have a a truck and it's, um, it's a pretty big Dodge Ram. It's like a quad cab and stuff. So plenty comfortable for our family of four. Um, but then we had this big six by 12 U-Haul trailer behind it with all of my wife's like 1500 plus piece, uh, inventory in it <laughs> that we were also oh, wow. bringing around. Okay, right. For pop-up right. drops. Right? Yeah. And then, so we were driving with that through the mountains and through <laughs> oh, right. rain right. all up the East right. Coast and stuff. Oh, um, yeah. And so, you know, that was very interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we kind of came through. We tried to plan as much extra time as we could in each, each place for like sightseeing and, you know, making a little bit more fun for the kids because they're, they're nine and 12 and they're, they're old enough to be helpful and be learning about, you know, entrepreneurship and, and our businesses that we we both run and stuff, which is cool. But then, you know, this is their whole summer. basically, (laughs) So we knew we had to like do a few fun things. And, um, and as much time as we thought we were planning into it, it was funny because it just, it takes so long just to get a family of four out of a hotel room in the morning. And it's like, you know, we didn't, we didn't end up having near as much time as we thought we would, but, um, did a lot of really cool stuff. We stopped in like, uh, Zion national park, um, oh, which was wow. amazing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. 
Yes, it was, it was great. Um, and, you know, just all the little things everywhere. We saw a bunch of family when we were passing through the Midwest and stuff, which was great. We stayed with some friends in, in Pittsburgh. And, um, and, you know, it was just one thing after another. It was super awesome. It was long, but it went really, really fast. I mean, we were obviously just always on the move. So, um, but yeah, and, you know, in between all that craziness, there was a lot of really awesome events that were happening. You know, we had doing like, um, it was basically like a beginning uh, intro to lettering class. Um, and then for people who wanted to do the full thing and, and pay a little bit more, we got a little bit more of a, a smaller intimate session for the, the latter half of it, where we took a little bit more of a deep dive into some of the stuff and, um, showed some of the tricks, uh, especially for that, like cartouche style lettering that, that we were talking about. Like, um, yeah, yeah. near the end of the workshops, I was, um, giving some pointers that I've literally been keeping to myself, uh, like a hoarder for like the last <laughs> two or three years on, on how I execute those things. And, uh, um, well, that's, that's what's yeah. interesting. Like in, in, in teaching this, this stuff, the, you're not fearful or maybe you are, but like of giving away your secrets, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's things, you know, when I was, I don't know. So when I was learning the stuff and teaching myself, um, I saw no, no point in not just doing that out in the open, you know, like I, if I'm teaching myself, you know, I, yeah, it's not like I'm sharing somebody else's, information that I'm paying them to give me, you know what I mean? Right. Right. You're so, sharing your, your yeah. learning journey too. Right. Yeah. I'm figuring yeah. this out. Um, and you know, here's what I figured out today or whatever. Um, so I did that for a long time and, you know, as things progressed and I, you know, started to, to grow a little bit and, and things, there were a couple of things that I sometimes worked really hard to figure out. Sometimes I just stumbled into them like an, like a dumbass. Uh, and you know, <laughs> but some of them were like, okay, um, this one might be too good to share publicly, uh, right now. Like, yeah, this right. might be worth like keeping to myself until somebody wants to pay me to teach it to them kind of thing. Right, you know, right, right. um, I got to save something for, you know, for making it worth somebody's money to, to come uh, see me directly. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, so um, there was, there was some of that stuff and, um, yeah, I've, I've shared a lot over the, over the years on process and stuff and, done a lot of videos and whatnot, but, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a few things still in, in the bag that are, that are worth learning in person. And, um, and the reaction was cool because there was definitely a profound response to some of that stuff when I, when I did share it in those workshops. So, um, I think I made the right decision there and I think that, uh, everybody else should definitely sign up for future workshops where I can teach it to them. I, I think it's brilliant. I, I think, um, sharing your process and, and, uh, can, can be beneficial for a lot of reasons, but it can, it can also, you know, help you earn a living. And, um, yeah. I've always uh, gone that route myself too. And I, I think it's, it's because I was initially, I was so thankful for other people that <laughs> shared what they, how they learned. And, sure, um, yeah. and th- th- you know, th- it's, it's funny that the, the web has certainly fostered that kind of, um, knowledge sharing, which, which mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed or always appreciated. You know? Um, yeah. so that, that's amazing. So you got to travel around the country sharing your lettering work, which is awesome. And I, you know, I'm curious, like, well, let's go back to the, the, we, the people sketch for a second. Yeah. Cause I, cause we've talked about this style a little bit. Tell tell us about the process in, in this. Like you've got a pencil next to, next to, it. I think that's mm-hmm. a pencil. Mm-hmm. It's a very fancy pencil. <laughs> They look they look fancier than they are, I think, too. I mean, they're they're just a Stetler uh, lead holder. They're usually typically found in like you know on a drafter's desk, right? So like gotcha. it's, okay. it's this it holds a two millimeter piece of lead. And the the great thing about them for lettering is um, you know there's there's few things I've found over the years that are more important to you know accurately representing the the vision that you have uh, on paper than a super sharp pencil. Um, mm, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with a wooden pencil, sure, you can get them plenty sharp. You can sharpen them by hand with a blade or you can, you know, get good sharpeners. But um, those have always at some point or another failed me <laughs> or gotten something jammed yeah. in them, whatever. Um, but with these guys, yeah. you know, you can you can get this cheap little rotary lead pointer, as it's called, and get this just needle sharp point every single time. Super consistent. Ah, yeah, that's what. And, so it yeah. looks like that. this is great to know. I think this everyone's going to appreciate this because yeah. um, looking at the photo of the sketch with the, with the, with the pencil. Yeah. The lead lo- almost looks like um, 
a brush or something. It's it's so fine at the end. Yeah. So there is a specific and, sharpener just to sharpen the lead then? Or? Yeah, yeah. There's these little these little rotary tub uh lead pointers they're called. Um and it's like a little yeah. little cylinder with a little um it's got an opening on the top where you can kind of get the lead out to the right length uh for sharpening and then you stick it in this right. other guy, spin it around and it's got like these um it's almost like a burr grinder uh for like a coffee grinder. Yeah. And yep. it kind of like works around there and, and sharpens it to this just needle sharp point. Like I literally, I wow. spent most of the the workshop tour with like a big graphite tattoo in one of my fingers from where I stabbed myself, and um, <laughs> you know that happens sometimes. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's just uh, it's the the quickest, most consistent way of of keeping a really sharp pencil. So um, yeah, anyway, super super tangent on those and. Um, I've got yeah, no, this is great. I love this. Yeah, <laughs> get nerding out on on tools. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I can do this uh, all day. But but um, in terms of breakage, is it is it is is this type of of lead and basically non wooden pencil? Is it stronger or? Well, I mean, you've got uh, it, just like any any drawing pencils, you can get all different hardnesses, right? So you can do oh, right, right. up to like nine H or whatever. Super like totally unnecessarily hard to, uh, you know, really soft B leads. Um, and you know, I kind of use like a a really small range from like, um, two H or so for, for light sketching and initial stuff and, um, and fine detail work because it's nice and hard and maintains its sharpness longer, et cetera. Um, but, and then like for filling in stuff, if I'm going to take it so far as to really darken it up and fill uh, a sketch in really, really nice and dark, then I'll use maybe like a, an HB, which is like your standard number two pencil lead. Um, and, you know, anything softer, I feel like you're just sharpening it too often and it's a little bit messy and smeary and stuff. So, um, but if you like drawing with softer leads, you can get those and, and same with hardness. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's every bit as good as a pencil in my opinion, but, um, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, you don't need anything but that, that wooden pencil as well. So, you know, it's all, it's all usable. Yeah. And so, I mean, in this sketch, I mean, getting into like drawing it, it, it looks mm-hmm. to me like looking at it, it doesn't look like a sketch, even though it's, it's pencil. It looks like, I mean, honestly, it looks like you took the pencil and like in 10 seconds drew the whole thing, <laughs> uh, which if you could tell me that's the way you did it and I'd believe you, but, but it's mm-hmm. probably yeah. not what happened. You got it. But. No, yeah, no. I mean, that's um, that's a final sketch uh, that I took further than necessary, even probably uh, for sharing purposes, mostly as part of this project. But also, you know, when yeah. I when I first started learning how to do this, I was also kind of learning Illustrator simultaneously. I had used Photoshop for years, but um, right. I was really new to the Illustrator with with lettering at the same time. So it's always been a thing for me where if I can get the sketch as far along as I possibly can on paper, then the illustrator thing is more of like just a, an execution at that point. It's uh, more of a technical thing. And I, I'm not great right. at improvising in there. I'm getting better over the years, but um, especially at first, man, I, if I didn't have the sketch exactly where I wanted it to be, then my vectors weren't going <laughs> to turn out very good. So, um, yeah, but you know, this is, this being a yeah. final sketch, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, a few iterations in for sure. So while it looks yeah. clean without a bunch of erasing stuff or guidelines right, exactly. and stuff, that's because yeah. I, you know, traced that one from, you know, my previous, uh, final sketch, <laughs> final sketch right. one. And this is final sketch, you know, probably four or something, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. So that it's all, sense. it's all a buildup and an iteration process for sure. And you're just seeing the last one. So well, it looks, it looks beautiful. And I, uh, you mentioned Illustrator, which is interesting because in the the amount of lettering I do in, in vector, mm-hmm. I, I, I've I've come to realize that my God, you could spend your entire life <laughs> on a few curves, like just like yeah. like no, it's not quite you know. And so I wonder if you have the same. Uh, I get. I guess you, you mentioned you know getting the sketch as close as possible. So is the process right. like get the sketch as close as possible and then, uh, you know, scan it and bring it into to illustrator and then, um, tweak from there or. Yeah. Or, I mean, that's, um, that's been pretty much my, my approach from, from yeah. day one. And, you know, like I said, as I, as time goes on, I get a little better at improvising and I can kind of 
bring a rougher and rougher sketch in um, and move forward. Like, especially if I'm on a time crunch with a client and, and yeah, stuff, I can kind yeah. of bring in something that isn't as far along on paper and, and make it right in vector now. But um, no, I mean, that's a very recent thing. Um, <laughs> and usually, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's getting the sketch exactly right, bringing it in um, and redrawing it with a pen tool yeah. in there by points and stuff. That's the only real way to get those, those clean edges, no matter how clean your sketch is, that auto trace isn't going to do it for you. It might be fine for like, you know, getting that really rough hand drawn feel, but that's typically not what the client's looking for. But um, yeah. So. Right. Right. Like, yeah, the auto, auto tracing I've I've had a little bit of experience with, and yeah, it's just <laughs> the amount of anchors it adds, and right. it's just still wrong, <laughs> and then you're just deleting them, and then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, not effective. No, no. So, and that's you know, I mean, that's a real talent to be able to do this on paper to the point where it looks like it's it's finished. I feel like, um, and and there are some, you know, I think there's probably some lettering artists that do do it that way, and then there's some that that maybe start in illustrator. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, my buddy Jordan Metcalf, you know, I think he does a lot of his work like straight into illustrator, which is mind boggling wow. to me. Like I can't, wow. I can't even fathom that even, even now, like, um, I might be able to quickly throw something together for like just presenting an example of something, but it's not good. And it's not, <laughs> it's not worth my time because <laughs> the amount of refining, work I would have to do on something like that would be yeah. would be more time than it would take for me to actually draw it on paper and then scan it in and do it. Um, well, I but, think that makes yeah. sense too. Cause I mean, you're the, the style that you're uh, achieving here is made by hand type of thing. Not, mm-hmm. not, I mean, it, it can be very clean and, and elegant, but it's, it's almost backwards to try to create that in a, digital format first. You know, right, right. Right. Yeah. And I think that, um, it's a common misconception about, about lettering for sure is that, uh, you know, people see it and they, they just, they know their personal experiences of using a script font or something like that. And they, think right. Like, right. Know, yeah. A lot of times probably totally oblivious to the fact that there's a lot of steps in between, um, their knowledge and what I'm presenting here. That is all the time. It took for me to draw that by hand. Um, and yeah, that it's totally exactly. 100% custom. Um, and you know, that, I think that industry wide and, you know, especially outside the industry that that's, uh, you know, you look at it, the comments section of anybody's Instagram post where they're posting some lettering and they're like, what font is this? You know, <laughs> It's a little more complicated than that, but yeah. Yeah. slightly more work here. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a good point that, that a lot of people don't understand uh, the amount that goes into those. Um, uh, I also wanted to touch on a new project you're, you're starting. Um, Cause you, again, going, going back to the theme of like, you know, helping other people, mm-hmm achieving what you what you are achieving um tell us about that project where you're you're basically in a way building a collective is that a good way to uh, describe yeah so that's a pretty good pretty good um synonym for for kind of what what i'm trying to do here so you have all these um these artist representation agencies out there that uh that represent designers and artists and you know everything in between um and you know you go look at some of my peers websites, for instance, and, and look at their, you know, you go to their contact page and you're like, how do I reach out to this person to, to hire them to, to do something for me or whatever. And, and usually you're directed to their agent or, um, you know, their studio manager right. or something to that right. effect. Um, and there's a lot of these agencies out there. Um, and over the last, gosh, probably four years or so, I've kind of off and on played with the idea of, of, taking an agent or, you know, hiring somebody to, you know, kind of handle the admin stuff for me or, uh, to, you know, kind of bring me work or handle negotiations, things like that, so that I can get to just doing the work, the part that I really, really enjoy. Uh, I do like interacting with the clients for sure, but, um, you know, some of that other stuff is, is kind of time consuming and stuff and, and, um, yeah, you know, less, sure. less desirable. Um, but you know, for one reason or another, I've kind of gone a little ways down the road with, with an agent here or there before, but, um, you know, a lot of these agencies have two or three, um, excellent 
letter focused people. Um, and, you know, understandably they, they don't want to bring more and more people that are good at that same stuff to, you know, step on their toes and like kind of share the work that they're getting, um, through those, those shops. So, um, you know, it's totally understandable. And a lot of those people are, are my friends now. So, you know, I don't want to do that to them any more than, than their agent does. So, um, right, right. but I've also kind of, um, wanted to start my own design shop, so to speak. Um, not necessarily something physical and, you know, kind of brick and mortar type place, but, uh, you know, kind of like a team of similarly minded, um, equally talented people to kind of take on some of these same projects that I'm doing and either, you know, help me with those or, um, even just take on some of the projects that I can't, if I don't have time for them or the budget's not quite there or something like that. Um, but people that I trust that I can refer work to and so on. Um, and so these two kind of ideas sort of started melding together in my, in my head over the last few weeks. And, um, I had the idea to kind of create this, um, this lettering and typography focused, design studio slash representation agency. You know, I think, um, like we were saying a lot, I think a lot of the time when these, these ad agencies or companies themselves come to these, these representation agencies, they're like, you know, okay, give me an illustrator for, uh, some editorial piece or whatever. Um, give me a, you know, somebody who's good with motion graphics for this, this ad campaign or whatever. Um, and I think that a lot of times what, what people see when they see, anything involving letters is that some fonts have been manipulated there. Right. So, um, in a lot of cases, I think they, they think, um, and I'm kind of cribbing this from actually my same friend, Jordan Metcalf. He mentioned this in a little, uh, slack a while ago that I think a lot of times what they, what they see when that, when they see that is like, you know, that's what they're doing. Like we have somebody in house that can do that. Um, so we don't need to hire that out. Um, we just need these guys that are good at the motion and good at the the illustration and stuff. We don't have those people, but we can do the font thing. Um, and so this is going to be kind of like a sort of a, a representation agency, but also kind of like an advocacy for the, the craft of, of lettering and, and actually doing this stuff. Um, and just kind of getting the word out that it's, there's more to this and this is actually pretty special. Um, and not to be too precious, but <laughs> just kind of like no, fight no. for, for the the value of, of what we're doing when we do this stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of in the works right now. And, um, I will of course be the first represented artist under this brand, but I plan on kind of reaching out to some friends that I think would be an excellent fit for this kind of thing and just kind of create this, this collective, like you said, you know, exactly of, of people who are, uh, another f- term I came up with with thinking about the naming and branding of this this stuff as a letter ringer. You know, you've got a ringer that comes in and, and takes care of a very yeah. specific thing. It's an expert it. at that. Um, and so, you know, that's what we're, we're going to be. We're going to be people who you can reach out to and say, you know, okay, I need to absolutely nail this piece of lettering for this masthead or this editorial thing or this ad campaign, this logo. Um, and if, if anything letter-based is what you're in the need of, then then we're going to be the go-to place to, to kind of get that just knocked out of the park. Um, and, you know, I think there's a lot of talented people out there who are, you know, under recognized and, um, you know, could, could really benefit from, access to, you know, kind of a stream of work like this and, you know, it'll help them. It'll help me take on some of the work that I can't get to. Um, and also give me a, an opportunity to work with them and kind of do some, some training and stuff and then teach there as well. Um, I kind of think of it as kind of like a hybrid between like a Louise Feely, uh, design limited or whatever her actual name is, where she just, she brings people in, they work for her and then they go off and they're like, you know, lettering celebrities because you right, know, right, spent right. so much time learning amazing things from her and, um, yeah. you know, not to compare myself to her, but, um, I think that, you know, that could be a good place for me to do some mentoring and stuff and, and help those people out and, and give them some constructive feedback because that, I think that's kind of the missing link from people who used to do this back in the day, like, in, you know, sixties, seventies. Um, and today is, you know, 
uh, we've lost a lot of those connecting threads between, you know, having good people to learn this stuff from directly. And, uh, and I think that this could be a good avenue to do, to do that too, and kind of help people out, get them a little bit of recognition and also, you know, work with them to, to better their craft and also just, um, you know, serve people some, some killer letters. So. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And, uh, where can, where will people be able to find that? Yeah. So, uh, the, the name of the agency will be called alpha and it's a L F a. And nice. that stands for advocates for the letter focused arts. Um, because, Ooh. uh, I had to get, super yeah. clever with it. Um, and then, you know, we've got, uh, the, the website will be at the alpha Um, and one of the other hashtags I'm sure will be that we rep our set because this will be like a representation thing and it's a little corny, oh, yeah. but you know, I'm a dad I got to throw some dad jokes around. In there <laughs> and, I'm, uh, all, I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for like, uh, misspelling things on purpose. And, yes. uh, this is great for, for creative reasons, obviously. But. Right. Right. And, uh, yeah, I got, got to work on some more branding for it, which is always a good time. Um, but yeah, so it'll be, uh, we've already got the, um, the Twitter and the Instagram handles, at, um, the alpha set, uh, and uh, again, that's ALFA and then S E T. And, uh, yeah, so I think people can follow those already. I'm going to have a, a landing page up here by the time this comes out for sure. So, um, so people can contact us. Uh, I've got somebody that is going to be doing some of the actual negotiations and stuff like that for, for new client work and things and, and feeding that to, to me and, and the people that I bring on for that. So, uh, it's exciting stuff. And I think, um, it'll be a good avenue just based on even just the name and kind of what we're going to be about and advocating for the, the value of this, this custom lettering stuff to, you know, do other things too. Like, you know, we talked about the education part of, of cursive itself in general, like doing something to to kind of get more of that out in the world and, and maybe partner with, with public schooling systems to provide them with, you know, some real easy supplies for, for doing that stuff. And, um, in maybe a way that doesn't eat up as much of their valuable time that they need to get through all their other crazy curriculum. Yeah. Um, and, (laughs) you know, kind of keep it alive at least a little bit and play a little role in that too. So. That's super great. Wow. That's awesome. And I, I, I'm, I'm, you're going to be super successful with this and, uh, it's going to be fun to watch, uh, that evolve for sure. Thanks Dan. Um, I mean, um, <clears throat> the stuff that you and Rich did and the team starting out, um, you know, was, was really huge for me. I mean, I tell people all the time that, um, kind of coming from the way the, the place that I came from into the design world, um, and just really having no grounding or any connection or anything, you know, Dribble was really honestly the place where I was able to just kind of inject myself in some of the conversations that were happening, um, ask questions directly of the people that I could clearly see were doing what I wanted to do and kind of tap into that. And, you know, it helps to have an awesome community that's super helpful and, and friendly and all that. But, um, having that place to, to really make those connections was, was huge for me starting out and, oh, you guys a lot too, man. So I appreciate it. Wow. Wow. That's awesome to hear. Uh, super awesome. That's kind of makes our, uh, it makes it all worth it. You know, it makes, makes what, what we built worth it. And I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, Ryan, thanks so much for, uh, for being here. This was, it was great to hear, the story of how you got where you are and you know what you're working on and just really great. I think it is inspirational to be honest. Um, so yeah, thank you. And, um, we'll, we'll see you on dribble. Sounds good, man. I'll be there.